Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests. Here we are, we're carrying on in this new series on Is There Not a Cause to Live for the Cause of Christ? And, and to understand that a little bit more, we're going to the life story of Elisha as found in 2 Kings in the Bible. And Elisha was the man who Almighty God spoke to Elijah when he heard the still small voice on the mountaintop, on the mountainside there. And God said, I want you to anoint Elisha as your replacement, as the prophet. And so he came straight down and he found Elisha and he anointed him, but then followed eight years of discipleship. Eight years of Elisha trying to learn how to do things, how to speak. Uh, I can just hear him saying, Elijah, how did you call fire down? What happened when you declared the drought? And he was a man who, who would, I just know would have asked a lot of questions. And for eight years, he served Elijah and then an incredible event happened that I'm going to turn to today. So I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 9, 10, 11, and 12, and 13, I think. We're going to, and 14. We're going to go down um, you know, through quite a passage there. But, but as we do, I just want to, to pray because I believe God wants to speak to us and that, and that it's his word in our hearts which bears fruit. So come on, let's open our hearts and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who speaks. And Lord, we thank you that you've given us ears to hear. We declare, Lord, by faith that we are good ground for the word of God. And Lord, we pray today that we increase understanding. And as we increase understanding, so your word, Lord, can return more harvest in our lives. Father, we humble ourselves under your mighty hand and under your word. Lord, and we thank you that as your word is revealed in us and through us, Lord, everything can change. Lord, one word from you can change everything forever. And so, Father, we open our ears, we open our eyes. Holy Spirit, will you be our teacher today to, to help us to understand and to, and to enlighten us with your truth, with your word. Speak to us for our own lives. And Father, we thank you for it. And everybody said, Amen. So here is Elisha. There's this man who, who was absolutely stuck like glue for eight years to Elijah. And he had a heart for God. He had a heart for people. He had a heart to serve. Incredible characteristics that I believe are very Christ-like, very godly. And he had a heart for other people. And we found out just a little bit last week that for, I think, 14 years, 16 years, he served and he led this group called the Sons of the Prophets. He wanted to invest into the next generation, something that's really on the heart of Citygate Church and absolutely on the heart of God. It's always been God's will and God's desire for one generation to take up the baton where the previous um, generation left off and to go further than the previous generation. I believe that God doesn't want the generations to sort of go well and then crash and burn and then start again and go well again. I believe the kingdom of God forcefully advances through the generations. And, and so today we're going to see and understand a little bit more about what happened in the transition. And this is really important because the transitions are vitally important. How we transition in life, how we transition in our, in our experiences, perhaps in our church life, in society, how we transition is really everything. How you leave 2020 is going to determine how you enter 2021. And we've already, in our third week here, our third Sunday, and we're fasting and praying, so we've already started. But the principle's the same. How you leave one season is going to be how you enter into the new season, 
If you leave well, then God's anointing is going to be upon your life. If you leave badly, you know what? You're going to have to sort it out before God can move you on. And I just believe that as we go into 2021, God wants there to be a double portion of his spirit upon our lives. And I want to prophesy that really. I want to speak that into our lives. God wants there to be a double portion. That can mean so many things to different people. The Bible talks about instead of your shame, you will have a double honor. The Bible talks about us having a double portion in our land, the Bible says over in Isaiah and in the the Psalms and different places. A double portion is something on the heart of God. And I don't just want us to be, you know, to get into the maths of that. Well, I did five things last year, so this year it's going to be 10. Of course, we can apply it in different ways. But I just want us to see it today as a double portion that God wants to turn up the voice. God wants to turn up the anointing. God wants to bring increase into our lives. And our passion is to be like Elisha when he said to Elijah, please give me the double portion. And I'm going to encourage you to say that with me right now. Please, God, give me the double portion. Please give me the double portion. Let it become a passion on the inside. Let faith arise right now and let that be a spark of the anointing that touches your life to say, God, I want the double portion. It's been great what I've had before, but I believe there's more. I believe there's greater. The Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciples, after I go to the cross I'm, uh, and I... And I Um, outpour the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, you're going to do greater works than even Jesus ever did. Greater works than you've ever seen. Greater works that have ever been done before. I can read the Bible and I find incredible works and I believe there's greater. Come on, please God, give me the double portion in Jesus' name. So here we are in 2 Kings chapter 2 verses 9 and 10. It says this, And so it was when they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, What can I do for you? And we know that's the language of of the gospel. That's the language of love. What can I do for you? It's certainly in the culture of Citygate Church. What can I do for you? He says, before I'm um, taken away from you by God. And Elisha says, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And so Elijah said, you've asked a hard thing. However, if you see me at the time I'm taken up from you, it shall be so for you. But if you don't see me, it's not going to happen. Then it happened as they continued on and they talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire. And they separated the two of them and Elijah went up by the whirlwind into heaven and Elijah saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. This is really dramatic. Just think about what's happening here. And he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them in two places. And he also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. And he went back and stood on the banks of the Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from Elijah. And he struck the water and said, where is the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elisha crossed over. Wow, this is the sort of thing Hollywood could make a film about. This is so dramatic. This is so powerful. I can just see the chariot of fire coming down and the horses and and the fire of God and the power of God and Elisha is taken up. Sorry, Elijah's taken up and all these things happen. And I think, thank God, you know, he didn't know that that was about to happen. Perhaps he did. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But he was on fire 
He was committed. He'd been serving Elijah for so long and he had this thing really burning on his heart. Thank God he asked it. It didn't just remain on the inside of him. And sometimes, you know what, when God stirs something on the inside of you, make sure you say it. If God puts something there, please don't just think about it. Make sure you say it. Thank God that Elisha asked Elijah and said, I want a double portion because it was only a few minutes later that Elijah was gone and that opportunity was no more. I believe there's opportunities every day this year. Make sure you pray big prayers. Make sure you ask big things. You know, if God puts something on your heart, please don't wait. Please don't think, oh, I'll pray about it next week or next month. You know what? Because if it's there today, it's to be said today. It's to be prophesied today. It's to, you know, to be declared today. What did he say? Please give me a double portion of your spirit. There's a whole, a whole thing that happens here. And we're going to just read a few verses here as we go through what happened, how Elisha got the double portion. And it says here in, um, in 2 Kings and in chapter 2, and it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven, that Elijah went to Gilgal with Elisha. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I'm not going to leave you. And they go down to Bethel. So the first thing that happens here on this, on this encounter with God, this experience of getting hold of the double portion, which can mean so much to all of us. And I just absolutely, come on, let's say it again. Please, God, give me the double portion. Let that be coming out of your mouth. So, you know, just so many times through this month of praying and fasting and as we go through this year. And here, this first thing that has to happen is, is that Elisha, he refused to stay in this town called Gilgal. Now, Gilgal was known historically as the place of celebrating the victories, of celebrating at the time when they took the promised land and it took them five years under um, Joshua and they went through and they got, you know, land after land through the promised land. They killed king after king. They got hold of all the territory that God had said to Abram for them to have. And after each of the battles, or often after the battles, they went back to the place called Gilgal, which was returning back to the covenant, was returning back to the place where they'd been circumcised. It was turning back to the place where they celebrated God's goodness and the incredible uh, victories that they had won. And it was interesting here that the first thing is that Elijah said, stay here in this place of past of victories. But Elisha said, no, I'm not going to stay here. You see, if we're going to go on in the double portion, if we're going to go on into everything God has for us, we cannot be staying around past successes and past uh, victories. So often I've heard it said that success can be the greatest enemy from us in, uh, continuing on into God's best. Often we talk about, you know, failure and you need to leave failure behind. But sometimes you've got to leave your past successes behind. Gilgal was great, nothing wrong with Gilgal, but it was a place that they celebrated what God had done before. 
I want to encourage you, never forget the benefits of God. Never forget what God has done in your life. Absolutely not. But come on, God wants us to live in new victories. As we lay hold of the double portion, those who have the double portion, I believe, are people who will live in greater victories in the future and in the time to come. The second thing that happened here was the same sort of thing, actually. And so they go on down to Bethel and the sons of the prophets who were there at Bethel, they come and they say to Elisha, do you know that the Lord's going to take away your master from you today? Well, there you go. He did know, didn't he? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. And then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to um, Jericho. But Elisha says again, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. I'm not staying here. I'm not staying here in um, Bethel. Now, that's quite a strange one because that's really the place of the house of God. That's the place where God lives. That's the place the sons of the prophets were there. And to really understand the reason why he didn't stay there, well, obviously, it's because Elijah had said, I want you to see me. And if you see me, then you'll get the double portion. But the reason why it was, it was also an issue there to stay in Bethel is because it had become a place of compromise. Here we had the sons of the prophets, but we also have a situation where in the society they had developed a, an attitude of dishonor. If we go over just after this whole experience and Elijah goes up and the whirlwind and etc., he goes to Bethel and a whole group of young people come out and they start to, you know, to uh, speak to Elisha and make fun of him. They don't honor him. Now, we're not into self-honor, absolutely not. But dishonor, if I can say it like this, is a cancer in society. The Bible says really that honor, we're to honor God, we're to honor people. Everything's better with honor. A marriage is better when people honor each other. Families are better where kids honor their parents and parents honor their children. Society is better where people honor each other. Today we use, you know, we tend to use the word respect. Respect is a very different word. Honor really is not something that's overly earned. It's something that is just given. You see, respect is something that you have to earn so often. But honor, we honor people who are in authority. We honor a person's position. Now, of course, we want to honor their life as well. But honor is something really important in the Bible. It says in, I think, the sixth chapter of Mark that Jesus himself could not do any mighty works. Why? Because people dishonored him there. And it says because of their unbelief. But it was expressed in a dishonor. That's just the Lord Jesus. They said that's just... Um, and Jesus, we grew up with him. We know who he is. He's nothing special. And if you allow dishonor to get into your life, it will upset everything. Come on, let's be a church of honor. Let's be a people of honor. But here, it says Elisha refused to stay there. Why? Because there was something wrong in the culture. There was something wrong in the environment. As a result, all those young people, the Bible says two bears came out and mauled them because actually Elisha put a curse on it. And I know that's a strong thing to say, but once you have the mantle, once you have a double portion on your life, you can destroy dishonor. You can destroy compromise. You can bring in a purity back in to a situation. Come on, I want the double anointing on my life, the 
double portion on my life because I believe Jesus needs to be honored in our society. And when we carry the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it's only going to increase honor for God in our society. I believe God wants us to make a stand for our generation under the anointing of God with, the, with God's love and with God's compassion. And it really grieves my heart, and I'm sure it grieves the heart of God, that Jesus is so dishonored in our society. Come on, we need the double portion upon our lives. That anointing of God, which does destroy yokes and remove every burden, but it will also be something that can restore honor back into our society for the gospel of Jesus Christ as the church arises and shines with the anointing of God upon our lives. I could say so much more about that, but we need to move on. The third thing about this whole thing of the double portion and how he was so committed to getting the double portion. Once Elijah said, you've got to see me go, he said, I'm not going to look anywhere else. I think if he, you know, his eyes followed Elijah Everywhere Elijah went, he said, I'm not staying in Gilgal. I refuse to stay in the place of compromise um, and the place of um, dishonor. And then they come to Jericho. Now, Jericho, of course, is the first um, conquest into the promised land. And the walls of Jericho came down. The most amazing thing, it was, it was like a first fruits as they walked into the promised land. Powerful, powerful thing. God moved, God showed himself strong. And yet here, Elisha said, oh, I'm not going to stay there in Jericho. And that's an interesting one. And I, I, again, I could turn to the scriptures of it there. But the sons of the prophets say this. They say, we want Elijah back. After Elijah's gone and he says, we want Elijah back. Why don't you go and find Elijah for us? And Elisha says, no, he's gone. I'm the replacement now. He didn't quite say it all like that. But the sons of the prophet say, you know, 50 guys. They say, let's go and find Elijah. And it just seems crazy to me that some people want what God has done before. You know, some people are oh, bring back the 1980s or bring back the past move or bring back the last thing. And yet it's clear that God's doing a new thing. And so Elisha says, OK, you do what you want to do. Go for it. So they all go off. Um, and of course, they were, had, a, had a hunger for the things of God, but it had turned a little bit into, into perhaps a little bit of celebrity culture there. And I think we are very, you know, we just have to be very careful of that in our um, generation, especially when everything's online and, you know, uh, we can see so much and it, and it can almost appear that online is just, um, you know, these people are awesome and it's very easy to turn people into a celebrity when actually perhaps the reality is very different. But I want to encourage you today to go with God today and with what God is doing today. Interesting with the Jericho thing. Let me just read this. Is it says in verse 19, it says, then the, the, um, after they couldn't find Elijah, it says they come back in verse 19 and then the people say to Elisha, please notice the situation of this city is very pleasant. So Jericho was a pleasant place. It says, but the water is bad and the ground is barren. And sometimes when we just think about what God's done in the past and we're hooked up to the past, we will never produce fruit in the now. God wants us to be fruitful now, but there was bad stream. The, the stream was bad. Of course, God's stream is never bad. It's always overflowing. It's always flooding with life. 
but it had gone bad in the city. Why? Because they'd, they'd turned Elijah into a type of a celebrity. They'd taken their eyes off of what God was doing now. It had all just become really barren and really dry. So Elisha fixed that. He poured salt in the water, or whatever he did, and, you know, and, and he healed it. And I, I don't want to thank God today that the anointing, the double portion of the Holy Spirit upon our lives can bring healing into a city, can bring healing into a situation no matter how dry it's become, no matter how barren, no matter how unfruitful the city has become. As I, you know, as I think about this great city of London that we're part of here, I think about the revivals, I think about the preaching just up the road here was Crystal Palace. Spurgeon used to preach up there on the hour, every hour, up there preaching the gospel. We're part of London. This is an incredible city where God has spoken his word out around the globe, around the world. We've taken the gospel all over the place. And yet I think about it now and I think perhaps only three, four, five percent of people even attend a church. You know what? No matter how unfruitful the city of London has become for the gospel, I believe when a church has the double portion upon its life, we can shout harvest time in Jesus' name. We can heal the waters and we can see people come back to God in the most amazing ways. Oh, wow, I'm getting excited about this. Those who wear the mantle can see cities turn around in Jesus' name. Well, I'm nearly out of time today, but I've just got a few things here to say. Three things about what we pick up when we pick up the double portion, when we wear the mantle. Come on, why don't you say it with me again? Please, God, give me the double portion. Why don't you say that again? Please, God, give me the double portion. Now, I know this is something to believe and receive by faith, but the, the thing we're talking about is not just the power, it's the person of the Holy Spirit. At the end of 2020, I did a series on the Holy Spirit. We have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And a part of that is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the mantle of the Holy Spirit. You see, God's anointing is for purpose. Is for purpose. And I know we emphasize in our, in our day and in the church here and in our society that God's got a purpose for your life. But I also want to say this, God has an anointing for your life. For that which he has put on the inside of you the gifts, the abilities to be empowered for us to do those incredible great exploits that we heard about at the beginning of January. We need the double portion. Please God, give me the double portion upon my life for 2021. And Elisha was a man who said, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. I'm going to lay hold of this. So just as we close, three things. What do we pick up when we pick up the double, the double portion? Number one, it will empower us to go through any situation. You know, for Elijah, he went through the drought with just a single portion. He went through situations with just, you know, the single portion. Because if Elisha, you know, if he had the double, then Elijah had the single but the double portion when Elisha said, where is the God of Elijah? And he hit the river and he went through. Isn't it interesting that that's how Elijah exited the planet? 
is the way Elisha entered into the ministry. He divided the same river. It's like, I'm going to carry on where Elijah left off. And that anointing, that double portion on your life is going to cause you to go through any situation that you face and come out in victory. I know we talk a lot about that in Citygate, but God is a God of victory. The double portion upon our life with the character of God on the inside, with the Word of God in our heart and in our mouth will bring us through in victory every time for He always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ Jesus always leads us in triumphal procession. Whatever you put your hand to will prosper. I can handle any situation. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I can do all things through Christ and the anointing, the double portion upon my life which gives me strength. The anointing of God will cause us to walk through, run through, fly through any situation and come out in the victory. Oh, but Pastor Jay, you don't know what I feel like. You even feel like horses have trampled over you. The Bible says he will bring you through and out into a place of great prosperity and victory. Our God is the God of victory and the double portion upon our lives. Please God, give me the double portion. That anointing will bring you out in great victory every time. The second thing, for those who wear the mantle, what does it give us? This mantle is a mantle of the God of the impossible. The God of the impossible. If you wear the mantle, if you ask, and if you lay hold of the double portion, it will cause your life to live in the realm of only God. What do I mean by that? Only God could have done that. Only God could have brought that victory. Only God could have spoken to me that way. Only God could have turned that situation around like it's turned around. Only God. We serve the God of the impossible. I want to live through 2021 in the realm of only God. Only God can raise the dead. Only God can bring that abundance. Only God can pour out the fire. Only God can restore someone till they're better than they were in their, in their first state. Only God can heal someone's body from terminal disease like that. Only God can deliver somebody from a cursed lifestyle. Only God can make a way where there is no way. Come on, God, please give me the double portion upon my life. Only God can make a way where there is no way. Only God has love which casts out all fear. Only God can do the impossible. The Bible says, he who believes, all things are possible to he who believes. Why? Because as we walk by faith and as we cry out, as, as Elijah did, where is the God of Elijah? Please give me the double portion. Can you hear the cry coming out of Elisha's life? I'm getting stirred up here on this broadcast today because I believe with all of my heart, God wants us to cry out with everything that is in us, God, I want to walk with you. I want to stand with you. I want to stand strong in faith. I want to speak.
speak your word. I want to prophesy into my tomorrows. Please, God, give me the double portion of your spirit upon my life. I'm so grateful for everything God has done in the past, but I am passionate that there is a cause to live for, the cause of Christ in our generation. God, pour out salvation in London. God, pour out healing and deliverance in London. God, pour out your glory. Let your glory cover this earth as the waters cover the sea. God, let your church arise and shine for the light of the glory of God has come as we fast and pray. The glory of God is our rear guard. Dear God, please give me the double portion upon my life. It's a passion. The Apostle Paul said, I consider everything else as dung in comparison of this anointing that lives on the inside of me and is upon my life. As we live with the double portion, we come out in incredible victory. <sighs> Amazing. And we live a life that is unstoppable. Only God could break through. Only God could have done that. Nothing can stop a person who walks with and walks under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The third thing, as we pick up the mantle, is nothing can stop us. See, the devil might want to start something, but the Bible says that we trample on every serpent and scorpion. Nothing shall by any means hurt us. We become unstoppable. The enemy couldn't stop Elijah. He tried, but Elijah won through. The enemy tried to stop Elisha. He tried, but he couldn't. Elisha won through. The enemy tried to stop all the people that have ever achieved anything in the Word of God. But we're not of those who draw back. We're those who press on. We look forwards. We look upwards. We're unstoppable with the mantle of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. This mantle is not actually something that can, you know, just be imparted. I've been in so many services where, you know, if you want the double portion, I'll come and I'll give it to you. And I understand the power of impartation. But actually, Elijah did not give the double portion to Elisha. Elisha picked it up. Elisha cried out for it. Elisha was committed to it. Elisha wouldn't turn to the left or the right. He wouldn't stay in those three cities. Why? He said, I'm going to get this. I'm going to do everything I can to receive the double portion. Friend, as we, we're still in our month of praying and fasting, I want to encourage you to make this a daily prayer right now and really through this year. Lord, please give me the double portion of your spirit upon my life. And then we're going to add to it, Lord, I believe I receive the double portion of your spirit upon my life. As we go through the rest of Elijah's life, he had to step out by faith. He had to do so many things. But he had a confidence in this, that he had picked up the mantle of Elijah. I'm so glad we don't have to go back to a mantle and try and find it on the floor. You know what we look to? We look to God's word when we can turn to Acts chapter 2. And Almighty God says this, that he's poured out his spirit upon all flesh. Friend, I want to encourage you today to still be hungry and thirsty 
for the double portion, but also to understand God has poured out his spirit. He has made the anointing, his anointing available to us. Yes, there's increase. Yes, I believe God wants this year to be greater than any year that we've had previously. And that's a hunger and that's a passion on the inside of us. But you know what? The anointing's already been released. The Spirit of God has already been poured out. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, we thank you that you are a God who anoints. You anoints our head with fresh oil. Our cup runs over. You've said out of our innermost being will flow floods of life. Father, we thank you for fresh oil today. Again, we say, please, Father, please, God, give us the double portion. And by faith, we believe and we receive your anointing upon our lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Wow, I, I really sense the presence of God in this place, actually, and, and I'm here on my own, but I just know that God is a God who anoints his church for purpose. And the purpose is the cause of Christ. And that cause is that all might be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And friend, I don't know if you're online today, if you've ever said yes to Jesus Christ, I know for me, that was something I did October the 8th, 1984. I said yes to Jesus. I wasn't just a casual prayer. I gave him my life. It hit me like a ton of bricks that God loved me, that Jesus had died for me. I didn't know what the Bible said. I didn't understand it all, but something hit me so strongly and it was this. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes on him would not perish for eternity, but have everlasting life for eternity. You see, friend, you're going to live forever. And the Bible is really clear. And however un-PC, non-PC this is, the gospel is this, that apart from Christ, the Bible says we are going to live for eter eternity. The Bible uses the expression condemned. But the grace of God and the goodness of God is that God doesn't want that for anybody. He wants us to receive Jesus as Lord, to receive eternal life. And from that day on, we live in the kingdom of God forever in God's love, in God's forgiveness. We don't have to live with guilt or shame one minute longer. Why? Because God loves you just the way you are. Jesus, He died on the cross for you just the way you are. You don't have to clean yourself up to come to God. That's what religion would tell you to do. You've got to clean yourself up to come to God before God will accept you. Friend, I need to say this. Jesus died on the cross for you. The Bible says, while we were still sinners, while he knew that we didn't believe in him, we didn't love him, we didn't receive him. He did it anyway because he loves us and he's provided salvation. Friend, will you receive him as your Lord and your Savior, please? The Bible tells the church, the Christians, to plead with people, to go out into the highways and byways and compel people to give their life to Christ. Friend, will you give your life to Christ today? Will you turn over the Lordship of your life to Jesus Christ? Doesn't mean to say you become a religious person or a restricted, squashed person. The Bible says, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life in all its fullness. How do I do that? You pray a prayer. 
The Bible says you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross, was raised from the dead, and you confess with your mouth, you speak out of your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord of all the earth, but your Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer now out of your mouth. Very simple prayer. We do it every week online. If you've been online before, you've heard it before. But friend, will you pray this out of your mouth? I believe the Holy Spirit's doing a work in your heart right now. Would you pray with me? Say this, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. I thank you that you've demonstrated your love through sending your son to die on a cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I receive you now as my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. I receive eternal life. Friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today and you've met it in your heart, there's a party going on in heaven. The Bible says all the angels are rejoicing. God has a new member of the family. You can call Almighty God your Heavenly Father now. You're now a child of God. I'm going to encourage you to get a Bible, to open a Bible. Go to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke and John and find out more about this Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ that we talk about all the time here. But friend, whoever you are today, come on. Why don't you pray? Why don't you keep declaring it out? I receive the double portion upon my life. And you know what? As we do that, we are going to make a difference in our world as we live for the cause of Christ. God bless you. I'll see you next week.